I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, in here, out there, all around the world, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And... You know what? It's wonderful to, to be here tonight with friends because uh, we, have, we, have, we have sad news from New Zealand. Their Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, announced she will step down next month. No! No, Jacinda, if you're not Prime Minister, who's going to pick me up from the airport in Auckland now? <laughs> this is the biggest story to rock New Zealand since Dave spots new sheep. <laughs> and what I don't understand is why. I am leaving because with such a privileged role comes responsibility. I know what this job takes, and I know that I no longer have enough in the tank to do it justice. Wait, wait a second. She's leaving because it's the right thing to do? She didn't lose an election or steal classified documents or have a Boris Johnson sex party? Are you Kiwi sure you know what, how democracy works? You have even one deranged pillow salesman? She, she continues. After going on six years of some big challenges, I am human. Politicians are human. Except Marjorie Taylor Greene. She seems to be some sort of coconut with a wig on a stick. <laughs> Arden. You can see Arden got a little choked up there, but she sees the bright side of the post-political life. I'm looking forward to spending time with my family once again. And so to Neve, Mum is looking forward to being there when you start school this year. That is so beautiful. That really is. That is absolutely... That's her. That's what she's like. That is so beautiful and so selfish. Sure, you want to spend your time with your daughter, but what about your other daughter, me? Remember when we barbecued in your backyard with Lord? You're the only world leader that I'm friends with. Don't make me start hanging out with Justin Trudeau. <laughs> sure, he's pretty to look at, but he smells like hot yoga and poutine. <laughs> and it's not just the kids. It's not just the kids. Jacinda's also leaving me for her fiancé. And to Clark, let's finally get married. Clark, you better say yes, okay? <laughs> I am saving the date. Put me down for fish, because you two have found your flower girl. This ends the remark, uh, a remarkable run for Jacinda Ardern. In, 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 in office, she went in 2017, right? She became the world's youngest world leader and the youngest leader of New Zealand in over 150 years when she was elected at the age of 37. In her second term, she formed the most diverse government in New Zealand's history. Her leadership on COVID kept her country largely free from the virus until last year. And after the horrific gun massacre in Christchurch, she spearheaded legislation to ban assault rifles just six days later. Well done. Bravo! Please, rest up, because we need you to come to America to run in 2024. Because 
You may be a Kiwi, but at 42, you are constitutionally old enough to be a president's grandchild. <laughs> well, uh, it's, uh, what is it? Is it Thursday? It's a day of the week, and you know what that means. We have found out more lies about Republican Congressman George Santos, also known as Anthony DeVolder, also known as Anthony Zabrowski, also known as George DeVolder. Now, that's too many names for one person, but just enough for one law firm. Today's new Santos lie is uh, his fake glamorous life in New York City, as he told this podcast host. I've been ostracized from every single possible social circle. I was a guy who used to go to the Met Gala. I'm not invited back. Oh, honey. Oh, honey, you're not invited back because you were never invited in the first place. Okay? Okay? Unless you're talking about the Mr. Met Gala. It's so glamorous. Last year's theme was baseball head. Today, we also learned about another Santos persona because, according to associates, he used to be a drag queen in Brazil pageants. Wow! George Santos did something interesting. All his other lies are super boring, like, I worked at a bank and my mother is a volleyball. Sources say that Santos performed under the drag name Kitara Ravash. Really? Kitara Ravash, that's what he went with? I would have gone with something fun, like Anita Alibi or... Ivana upon your jewelry. <laughs> but Katara Ravanche never made it to the big leagues. According to a fellow drag performer, he did not have what it takes to be a professional. George did not have the glamour for that. Oh, snap! <laughs> the GOP. I'll tell you what. i tell you what. The GOP better ban books faster because Santos just got red for filth. <laughs> I have been told that means something. I'm not sure what I just said. <laughs> of course, George Santos denies all of this, and I can understand why his party, the GOP, has declared war on drag queens all over the country over the last year. They don't care that Santos is a serial liar who steals money intended for dying dogs, but for Republicans, finding out he performed drag would be as bad as finding out that he officiated a wedding between the green M&M and a COVID vaccine. <laughs> well... Now, here, 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 here's something. I talked about this last night, and, and now it's happened. The U.S. has reached its $31.4 trillion debt ceiling. Now, normally, Congress automatically raises the debt limit as needed, but House Republicans are refusing in order to leverage the standoff to extract major spending cuts on social programs, including Social Security and Medicare. That is an insane... <laughs> negotiating tactic. That's pretty drastic. That's like a husband saying, honey, we're spending too much on entertainment, so either we cancel one of our streaming services or I shove your grandpa into the river. <laughs> Which is it, Netflix or Peepop? <laughs> so far, the White House is rejecting what it says are hostage demands using the debt ceiling as a weapon. So it could be a long battle and a long me talking about it because as Punchbowl News put it, welcome to the next six months of your life. Well... There goes dry January. <laughs> and, and, sure. You got a tight anything? You got, no? And dry February and no meth March. <laughs> the debt ceiling isn't the only thing Biden has to worry about because a suspected Russian spy ship 
has been spotted off the coast of Hawaii. Oh, no! You know they're desperate for ratings when they do a Hawaii episode. <laughs> Kids, get on horse. Putin family is going to Honolulu. We will say aloha to journalists, and then we will say aloha to journalists. <laughs> it's not the first time the uh, Ruskies have been sniffing around our shores. Recently, the same Russian spy ship was spotted sailing off the coast of South Carolina. Wow. I'm surprised I didn't see it. I do a lot of fishing down there in my home state, though this might explain why that one fish was so big (laughs) and yelling at me in Russian. (laughs) Fried up real good, though. (laughs) Oh, there's huge news. (laughs) Yes, eating humans. Why not? That'd be like a nice cannibal joke. There's huge news from Washington where we're learning. And is this true? Is this, is this true? Has this been verified? An old man ate a hamburger. Here's what happened. To promote small businesses, a president ordered lunch from a D.C. burger joint, surprising the employee who took the call. Hello, Speaking. How may I help you? Hi, Bernie. This is Joe Biden. Now, I'd like to place an order for lunch if I could, okay? Hi. Hi. What would you like to have? Well, I'd like Bye. to have a bacon cheeseburger with American cheese and a side of French fries. We'll have someone come pick it up, okay? How business of ghost burgers these days? It's pretty good. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to having lunch. <laughs> okay. Okay, there you go. All right. Hello. I gotta tell you, I love lunch, Britt. One of my top three meals behind dinner and jello cup. You know. <laughs> Back in Scranton, we didn't have McDonald's. And forget in and out we just had out. <laughs> Doors weren't really a big thing back then. Everyone slept in one big room like that old Charlie Bucket guy. Good old Chucky Bucky's chubby pal still stuck in that pneumatic Chaco tube. <laughs> Rest in power, Augustus Gloop. <laughs> according to... Really? According to AIDS, a.k.a. the president's hamburger helpers, Biden enjoyed his lunch, but he did get the ghost burger with no spooky sauce, which is either a ghost burger special sauce or what Biden calls ketchup he doesn't trust. We got a great show for you tonight. More Late Show Poncho after this. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. so much. I, uh, I, in just a minute, uh, we got uh, a gentleman we've had on the show several times before. He's uh, always an interesting conversation. A representative Adam Kanzinger is going to be That's here. Right. Formerly of Congress, formerly of the January 6th panel. He's a guy who does not, uh, he does not pull his punches when he was in office. Yeah. I look forward uh, to hearing what he has to say now that he doesn't have to be reelected. That should be... Um, Actually, uh, yeah. Bracing is how I would describe that conversation. <laughs> Folks, earlier in the monologue, I was talking about the latest allegations regarding New York Congressman George Santos. But, of course, today's revelations are just added to the long list of lies Santos appears to have told about himself, which, in case you forgot, include 
claiming he attended Baruch College and NYU, graduated summa cum laude, worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, had Ukrainian Jewish grandparents who fled to Brazil to escape the Holocaust, had a mother who died in 9-11, employees who died in the Pulse nightclub shooting, was one of the first people to get COVID, owned an animal rescue charity, attended a prestigious prep school, was a volleyball star, made $750,000 salary, was mugged on his way to pay rent, had a career selling yachts, a million-dollar apartment, 13 real estate properties, and new revelations are coming every day. So the whole country is wondering what is the truth about George Santos. Well, here to tell us the truth about George Santos, please welcome Congressman George Santos. Congressman. <laughs> Congressman. <laughs> Congressman, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Stephen. It's an honor to be back on your show. Th this is actually your first time here. <laughs> Not according to my IMDb. It says, uh, I've been a guest five times, and I was also your band leader, John Batiste. <laughs> not only is that not true, that's not how you pronounce his name. Mm. In no. fact, you're facing damning accusations that you fabricated almost all of your backstory. But here's an opportunity right now on national television tell the truth, clear things up. <laughs> What's to clarify? Everything I've said has been the truth. Or my name is in George Anthony Devalder Santos Kitara Sobraski John Jacob Jinkoheimer Celino and Barnes. Is, is any of that your real name? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> okay, let's let's get to some of those allegations. Earlier today, you denied claims that you used to perform as a drag queen. <laughs> Absolutely, Stephen. This drag story is just another media uh, distraction that is simply not gonna work. Oh. Grrr! Sorry. Sorry. Next question, please. Well, what, what about your claim to have attended both NYU and Baruch College, even though there was no record that you went to either? <laughs> no record? Okay. Then how do you explain... this? <laughs> hmm? See, that's legally, that's a diploma. No, that's not. Okay. That's just a shirt, and you obviously made that. Okay, I did not, although I could have. I double majored in t-shirt design and professional volleyball. <laughs> okay, so, oh, so, let me, so you're sticking to your story that you played volleyball at a school you never went to. <laughs> of course. I'm a volleyball star. A star! I'm a star! In fact, I'm in the middle of a big match right now. <sighs> See? Touchdown! <laughs> Another win for Hogwarts. Look, just, just, just tell me the truth. What, what, what about the Friends of Pets United, that animal Ooh. charity you claimed to run and collected money for, even though the IRS has no record of it? <laughs> so what? The IRS doesn't know everything. Does the IRS know the weight of a wish? <laughs> or the song that Hope sings? By the way, uh, those are names of my other charities, so please donate below. Jimmy, no, Jimmy, take that down. Don't right take it Don't down, right Jimmy. Don't send your money there. You, you, Santos, you, you've been accused of some really atrocious things. You claimed your mother died in the September 11th attacks. Then you said she died a few years later, and then you said she died in 2016. What really happened? <sighs> Stephen, 
How could you bring that up at a time like this? Can't you see I'm at my mother's funeral right now? Do you know how hard it is to lose someone when they've already died three times before? I'm, I'm sorry for your losses, but Representative Santos, after all this deception, do you really expect Republicans to keep you in Congress? <laughs> of course, Stephen. They can't get rid of me. I'm the Speaker of the House. That... No, no. No, you're not. No, don't applaud him. No, that's Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> then, where did I get this gavel? You obviously bought that. It still has the price tag. I'm gonna have to fact-check you right there, Steve. I did not buy it. I stole it. Everything you have said tonight has been a lie. Unless you're willing to actually tell the truth, this interview is over. Okay, Jimmy, why don't okay. we just... Okay, okay, wait, wait. Okay, fine. All right? <sighs> no more lies. I'm ready to come clean. Go ahead. All right. The truth is, my entire campaign was secretly funded by... <laughs> what? <laughs> my telephone? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> oh, Anna Winter? <laughs> you want me back at the Met Gala? <laughs> And this year's theme is drag, something that I have definitely never, ever done before. Oh, oh, I gotta go, Steve. I'm so sorry. Representative George Santos, everybody. Uh, and thank you to Harvey Guillen. We'll be right back with the real Congressman Adam Kinzinger. That's me. That's me. No, it's not. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week, we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we got to spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right. We're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you very much. Please have a seat, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my guest tonight served six terms in Congress, is now a senior political commentator for CNN. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Congressman Adam Kinzinger. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back. So I'm free. Out of uh, there. Well, that, that leads to my first question. Is you're, you're out of Congress for the first time in, in 12 years? 12 years. Is it? Well, what's, what's it like uh, on the outside? Now? It's actually really great. I mean, you know, mm. I... If you'd known it would be this good, you would have quit <laughs> I probably sooner. would have left a lot earlier. Uh -huh. But, no, I mean, it's, it's, you miss parts of it, you know? There's, there's sometimes in the fight you wish you could be there to kind of have your say on some of this stuff. But when I watch that speaker fight happen and some of those things, I mean... 
Sitting through one speaker vote mm -hmm. is miserable. Sitting through 15 is insanity, and I'm so glad I wasn't there for that. Yes, but, <laughs> okay, maybe not be there. Uh, but was it gratifying at all to watch Kevin McCarthy squirm for those 15 <laughs> votes? To have to kowtow to guys like Gates? Yeah, to know. actually go hat in hand to a man like Matt Gates? Mm. Wasn't that pleasant? It was a little gratifying. Uh, you know, the, the tough thing is you know how bad that is for the country, right? Because you're, you're making commitments to people that I frankly don't think have this country's heart in, in their mind. It's all about their own fame. It's about their attention. But I got to tell you, you know, the day Kevin McCarthy went to Mar-a-Lago, a couple weeks after January 6th, he changed the trajectory of the party, I think. And I After think... having said right after January 6th that yep. the president bears some responsibility for what happened. Yeah, and then he forgot that. And so watching him have to, have to, you know, struggle a little bit, yeah, I'd say there was a little part of me that kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. And, and you have never been that soft-spoken. You speak your mind. You're pretty frank. But you recently, I think this was just last week, um, you said this on a, a podcast. Um, you had some choice words about uh, the new speaker, Jim. Kevin's piece of And let's just be honest about this, because he will say whatever he needs to say to stay in power. I'm not even saying that gratuitously to be mean to him. It's just a fact. I didn't know the mic was on. <laughs> just to be clear, you said that after you left office, right? Yeah, I, I did. Okay. I did. How many members of the Republican caucus called you up and went, oh, thank you for saying that? <laughs> I think they're all scared. I'm probably going to dime them out if they do. But, yeah, I still get people that call me, and they're like, you know, we wish we could get through this. You know, I was getting a lot of information during the speaker's vote because I know what... I know the dynamics that were at play there, and yeah. it's just, it's miserable. So and what's the deal now that is, is that any one person in the House can call for essentially like a snap vote and say... Uh, he has to run for speaker again? Yeah, so they basically they can call this, it's like a no confidence, the motion to vacate the yep. chair. You have to go through all of that. Anybody in the House can do it now. And this Republican was held, or Democrat. Republican or Democrat. And this was held as like kind of a sort of Damocles over prior speakers' heads. So, you know, Boehner, for instance, wanted to cut a deal with the Democrats on debt. They would hold this over his head, you know, Paul Ryan. And so they changed the threshold so that it couldn't be used as a weapon. Now it's going to be weaponized again. And as we get to the debt limit, you know, we approach it today, but we have some time with these measures taking place. They're going to say, these 20 people or whatever are going to say, Kevin, if you cut a deal with the Democrats, if we don't pass the debt limit, you know, uh, we're going to vacate the chair. That's a scary thing because we have never as a country, never breached the debt limit. We came as close as we could basically in 2011 when I was there, and it had real effects on the economy. Technically speaking here, if Kevin McCarthy actually uh, grew a pair and said, hey, we have to investigate George Santos, could <laughs> Santos call for a snap election? Yeah, yeah, he could, he could. Wow. <laughs> in, his, in his recounting, he probably already has a couple of times. Now... <laughs> That's the gun. That's the gun. You're, you're petitioning for Santos to resign. You're, 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 you've, you've organized a petition online for that to happen. Um, t tell me why you're doing that. So uh, he made some comment about, you know, look, if, 
170,000 people voted for him to put him in office or something. He goes, if 170,000 people want me out, I'll leave. So we want to get 170,000 people. I don't think he specified where they had to be from. Is that an aberration or is that an extension of um, normalizing the amount of lies that the former president told? I, and and yeah. people like Marjorie Taylor Greene or, or, or Boebert or Gosar. We're in a dangerous place. So Obviously, he in and of himself and completely lying about everything with no mooring to anything true whatsoever is an aberration. But the problem is people are defending him. Not just because there's only a five-seat majority, but because now politics is all about just owning the other side. If you can say something mean about the other side, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you lie. And that is a problem when you become unmoored to truth, when you lie about an election being stolen, when you lie about different things, truth all of a sudden is really easy to get away from. It's really easy to make stuff up. And so I think he probably wouldn't be there without the lies that had preceded this moment. We have to take a quick break, but stick around. We'll be right back with more Congressman Adam Kingsinger, everybody. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. from the January 6th committee is Congressman Adam Kinzinger. Now, one of, one of the things that uh, a small but powerful group of the Republicans want, and Kevin McCarthy says he's going to do, is uh, an investigation of uh, the January 6th committee. So that's, in, in some ways, an investigation of you. You're one of the prominent members of the January 6th committee, and thank you for the work that y'all did. Oh, by the way. Um, it, it restored my faith in... And the idea of a congressional committee yeah. you know, being useful. Um, if, if they subpoenaed you and they asked you to show up, would you do it? Well, I, I want to see what that looks like, but I believe in the power of Congress to subpoena. Uh, even though all of the Republican congressmen ignored our subpoena, uh, I believe in the power of Congress for oversight. And then, you know, they'll have to own that. But look, I'm happy. I am proud of the work the committee did. I'm happy to put that out. We put all of it out for the American people to see. And if you want to investigate what investigating truth looks like and what it looks like to actually tell the truth and recover from a bad moment in democracy, I walk in that because we have a great story we can tell again, which is there were a lot of men and women that held the line on January 6th, and there was a lot of rot and lies that led to that day. Democracies aren't defined by bad days. They're defined by how we come back from those bad days. Well, so forgive me. So forgive me if I if I miss the nut of your answer. They subpoena you. Do show up? Yeah. I, I, there's always nuances. Like I want it to be a legal subpoena. Well, you I wanted the, you subpoenaed intend. them. You subpoenaed Kevin McCarthy and, they didn't and, bother to and, show and up. Meadows, right? Yep, yep. Okay. But if they gave you the same kind of subpoena, and I don't, what's the difference between a legal and a non-legal subpoena? I, I don't say. know. I don't know. One's legal. Um, I, I don't know the difference, but I know this. I have nothing to hide, right? Okay. They did, obviously. Now might be a good time to find out if you have any classified documents in your home. <laughs> yeah, have you thought about just, just, you probably don't, but I've, Do checked, my, I've checked my garage <laughs> just to make sure. That's really that good. There's no, that there's nothing there. Now, uh, last month, the January 6th committee held their 
final hearing. Mm -hmm. And um, what is the one piece of that report that you think everybody should take away from? Because we learned so much over the course of those, yeah. those six months. And again, we're very grateful for restoring faith in a congressional committee that isn't just a, a circus. But we learned so much. If you could clear everything away and just leave us with one thing, what would it be? Yeah, I think if I, if I could leave with one thing on that, it's less about the day of January 6th. It's the fact that there were decisions made prior in the Oval Office, in the political circles, everywhere, that led to a moment when half of the country, in essence, was convinced that an election was stolen. And by the way, democracies, self-governance cannot survive if you convince people that their election, their vote doesn't count because they're going to feel unrepresented. This country was founded on the idea of being represented. So the one thing I would leave people with is this is not a moment in history. This is a systemic issue that we as a country have to take hold of, tell the truth, fight by the rules, and then we can self-govern for the rest of the existence we have here in America. Nope. Okay. What was that last meeting like? Did you guys go out for drinks? Like, what is, like... It was, like, job well done. You and Liz Cheney are out of there. Yeah. And, and, and the Democrats are all waiting for their subpoenas, too. But you did your job in an exemplary way. Did, did you guys... I mean, I know it's a dark it subject, a but did, did, you, did you celebrate in any way? It was a unique moment, because we go into the ante room, which is the room we come out of, you know, as the hearings start, and we, and we retreat to. And we're all just kind of standing around, and usually we kind of go our own ways. And it was the, the group wasn't breaking up. And I think there was kind of this feeling of, like, this is it, right? This is, for me, it was my last act as a member of Congress, right? For about half of the people in this committee. Um, so it was, it was, it was unique. We, we said some really interesting words to each other about the history of this, which we, of course, meant. And uh, then we went our separate ways, and I had a flat tire, and I had to air that up and drive home. You literally had a flat tire. I literally tire had a flat tire, home. yeah. yeah. A That's a way to right go there. out with, uh, yeah, exactly. Now, you all yeah. recommended four charges, uh, referred four charges uh, uh, to the Justice Department uh, of, the, of the former president, historic, as, as you said. Um, what are... Sure. You have odds. Would you give me odds on whether the Justice Department actually brings those charges? I think it's pretty... I mean, I think there's pretty... Pretty good odds. I think, I mean, I Two think... Two to one, uh, I don't even, know how to do money, odds so well. Even money. Let's call it even money. Even I money, I think even okay. money. Because I, I think, look, nobody is above the law in the United States of America. That includes the... Pre that's especially the president of the United States. And I think there is no doubt, particularly when he's sitting in the Oval Office telling uh, the Attorney General, the acting just say the election was, was stolen. Just say it. And then leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. That is an insight into what he intended to do. So this is a tough thing for the Justice Department to prove because you have to prove intent. That right there to me is a very, a very compelling intent among many other things that we have. We got to take a break here. But when I come back, I will ask the congressman if there is still a meaningful place for him in the Republican Party. Stick around. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between 5 and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. 
you're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcast app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that. Hey, everybody. We're back here with former Congressman, January 6th committee member, Adam Kinzinger, the Republicans are now in control of uh, the House, and obviously the Democrats are in control in the Senate, and nothing's necessarily going to go through. That's that's too drastic. But there are there are a few things on the Republican agenda. And do I have it right here? No, I don't. Where do I have it? Well, I'll remember it. There are two things that occurred to me that are that that are on their agenda. I'm curious whether you think these things are uh, the kind of moderate things that you would have voted for. Um, or whether these are extreme. They, they voted uh, this week. Uh, they want to eliminate the IRS. Now, Republicans famously like to cut taxes. Yeah. Would you be in favor of, of completely eliminating the no, IRS? No, no, no. I voted, I, in fact, I vote, every year that would come up as some weird vote, mm-hmm. and I vote against it. You can't eliminate the IRS. You got to collect taxes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they want to collect taxes, but they want to make instead a, a 30% sales tax, a right. national sales tax yeah. across the United States, which, of course, would be a fairly regressive tax since it would hit the poorest people the it most. It has, and we go down this road every time there's, like, a new majority or new group comes in and they somehow think this is a magic bullet. Uh, look, if we could reinvent the tax system, there's ways to do it, but it's not going to be a 30% sales tax. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, What's are, you, are you meaningfully... Republican anymore. I know that you, they, they kicked you and Liz Cheney out of the caucus when you joined the January 6th committee. Mm-hmm. Are you, is there a meaningfully a party for you there? You know, it's, it's, that's a question I ask myself all the time. Um, as Reagan famously said, he, he always said, I, let, I didn't leave the Democratic Party, they left me. I feel that way about the Republican Party. I, I still hold the values I hold, you know. With time, you mature a little bit, you have different views, but I haven't totally sold out who I ever was just for power. I feel like I'm maintaining that. I don't know what my party believes anymore. I honestly don't. I mean, I don't hear them talk about smaller government. I don't hear them talk about a strong national defense. I hear some of them supporting Vladimir Putin over the freedom-loving people of Ukraine, and it's not a party I recognize. I'll still fight for the soul of it, but I do feel a little politically homeless at the moment. How how do you like CNN? You enjoy working over there? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It is good folks. Could you talk to Don Lemon about what he wore this morning? (laughs) On that show, I was on it. <laughs> it was. Were you shocked? You were on the show this morning. Yeah. Were you shocked at what he was wearing? Was there any explanation? I thought there was some reason for it, but I guess not. <laughs> I was like, you're doing a running segment later, or what? Yes. He was talking a lot about intermittent fasting too. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think he we started. just talked about Santos. That's more fun. Yeah. Well, Congressman, thank you so much for being here. Nice to see you again. Congressman Adam Kinzinger, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. 
From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.